Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag. A watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, I'm Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion, and welcome to the BOF Podcast. Voices is the most stimulating gathering of fashion industry leaders on the planet. What makes Voices different is that we mix our industry with fascinating people from other sectors, from the worlds of economics, activism, health and wellness, medicine, film, philanthropy, technology, media, and so many more. Fashion doesn't live in a bubble, and nor should it. This is one of the sessions from our 2017 gathering. There's been a new kind of Instagram influencer emerging over the past few years, and that's the health and wellness influencer. These people show off their health and wellness regimens, whether that be diets or workout regimens or the clothes they wear and how they live their lives. And it's become hugely inspirational for millions of people around the world. And one of the most popular ones is Akin Akman, who is also one of SoulCycle's most sought after instructors. I invited Akin Akman to come to Voices 2017 to talk to us about his personal story, about how he became one of the most sought-after instructors in New York on the health and wellness circuit. And as you'll see, Akin's story doesn't come without its own ups and downs and challenges. But what's amazing about it all is how he has come up with this philosophy of the champion's mindset and how one can build the idea of a champion's mindset in everything we do, whether that be how we work, how we live, and of course, how we work out. So here's Akin Akman at Voices 2017 on building a champion's mindset. Just a quick note, this conversation was recorded live in front of an audience, so please excuse any audio issues. So today we're going to talk uh, to Akin about building a champion's mindset. But before I get into the kind of Akin's kind of life philosophy, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about his personal story and his journey. And Akin, you grew up, you were born in Turkey, right? Miami. In Miami, but yeah. then you moved back to Turkey. Yeah, so to be American. <laughs> go, 
go back to that time when you were, you know, really young. You know, we saw some of those videos in Miami when yeah. you, you were like, how old were you in those videos? Uh, seven. Seven. seven years old, yeah. And for, for people who know Akin's workout routines and you saw that kind of merit, like he's been doing <laughs> some of these exercises from a young age. Yeah. Uh, so I, I trained at uh, IMG Academies at Voluntary in Bradenton, Florida with uh, Nick Voluntary, who uh, I'm like, I built my career around the way he built himself and his academy. And I didn't even realize it until uh, I had to come to terms with being a coach. Uh, yeah. I'll explain that later. Yeah. Um, but I basically started playing tennis when I was five in Turkey, and, um, and I, was, I was good. And, and I was really into it. And so my father, uh, so whenever he's into something, he'll like start reading about it. And he read about um, Nick Balateri in Florida. So he's like, I'm, I gotta take my kids there. So me and my sister, she's nine, I was seven. We went to um, Florida. And uh, at the time they weren't taking um, play, like, players on that are like seven years old. They took like nine and up. And, uh, and so you had to be a certain age at a uh, or a certain level at a certain age to be, even be considered to go there. So then uh, my mom met Nick, and, um, and then he took me into his group. And then we started training like that, eight, eight hours a day, every day. So, Did you have classes as well? Uh, when you're full time, you would go, so I'd also do extra. So I'd wake up at 4 a.m. And, uh, and run like suicides on the courts. There's like, there was 50 What's courts. What's a suicide? They're basically like, so think of a tennis court. There's doubles line, singles line, the service line, and then the singles and doubles line. Right. So you run from each line and you touch back every time, and then I go to the next At court. At four in the morning. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I had a little like, weight training um, for that age, so it's not that intense. Um, and, then, uh, and then I'd go to school from, you didn't have the, like, the gym class or the um, like, homeroom. So you'd train, like, I mean, you'd do history, science, math, English, and then um, so school was from 8:30 till 12:30, and then we'd come back, eat, and then one to six train, and then we had um, another, like a match play session, and then like study hall, dinner, and then sleep. How many hours of sleep every night? Uh, we would get like, I mean, I wake up early, so <laughs> maybe like six to eight. Six to eight hours. So you're still getting good sleep, but your day is completely is planned out yeah. at the age from seven until for, for years it was like that. Yeah, for years and years. And this was all with the goal of becoming a professional tennis athlete. Yeah, Talk so, about that. Why tennis? Um, well, my dad was really into it at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also I, I really loved it and I, I loved training. So. I, I love being at the academy. Some kids didn't always like it, and there's like um, a little, like they talk about it in a different way than I do. But, um, but yeah, everybody in the academy wanted to be a professional athlete. So it was this whole community of kids, like like-minded kids and adults that wanted their kids to grow up to be number one. So like Maria Sharapova was one of my friends who I trained with, and Tatiana Golovin, and uh, Andre Agassi went there, and Jimmy Connors was there, and Serena Williams, Serena and uh, Venus Williams, they were there. Um, they weren't there full time, but Andre was. So the, the, everyone would come in and out of the academy, and, um, and it was just a community of people who wanted this higher level 
of athletic capabilities. So this continued for 10 years, and then, um, yeah. then what happened? So I was going back and forth to Turkey at the time, and so I was full-time um, in like third grade, fifth grade, uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And then, um, so back and forth, and then I had to go home because uh, one of my roommates passed away at the academy, so then my mom was like, you have to come home um, to Turkey. <laughs> And, uh, and then I was playing there, and I went to, uh, again to Boston with my coach, so it was always back and forth. And then in Boston, uh, where I was training, I got two hernia discs in my lower back from, uh, from not taking care of my body well enough. Were you working yourself too hard? Um, I think you have to take like, the recovery just as seriously as the training. So one hip was more flexible than the other, so every time I would twist, to hit my backhand, I was putting pressure on my lower back that I didn't know I was doing. And I would just ignore the pain because it was starting to hurt a lot. But you have this whole mentality. You guys talked about it yesterday, actually. That if you, uh, if you stop training, somebody else is training harder than you and they're going to beat you. So you're like, I can't stop training. So then I couldn't walk for um, almost a year. From you my two, I have two hernia discs. So I, basically went to physical therapy and uh, rehab for uh, three to four months. And then like in high school, I was like, just couldn't really do anything. I couldn't carry a backpack. So it wasn't like I, w I had to wheelchair around, but I couldn't do anything that I did for my whole life. <laughs> so as, a, as someone who's like from four in the morning yeah. to whatever, 10 p.m. at night, every day for 10 years, yeah. And you, you put all that energy into this goal. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, not only can't you like, do your routine that you were doing every day yeah. for years, you couldn't even walk. Yeah. So How did that feel? Well, it was that. It was the overtraining and the not taking care of myself. But I was also, again, away from my family. But this time, um, I didn't like where I was okay. in Boston. Not, not as much as the academy. And, um, and so it was just like a stressful environment. And, what, what was different between the academy and Boston? Well, so um, I never talk about this. <laughs> so um, in Boston, I was staying with a, f a family. So it was kind of like a um, exchange type thing, but it wasn't uh, their, their kids got to go to where I was going for free because I was there and I was also coaching. That's when I started coaching at 16 at that academy. And um, and then, and that's like Nick Balteri is also has an alliance there. And, um, and the family just was not for me. Just didn't feel safe? No. Um, it was like, a, yeah, it was a little bit stressful. And, um, but I was like, no, I, I came here to train. I have a, like, I have to get to where I want to be. Like, I have to do this. And I said, I committed, so I'm going to see it through. But, um, but the moment I went back to Turkey for the summer, because uh, that was my senior high school, so... When I went back to Turkey, then the back got better, and like it was like a, a whole mindset thing too there. So I started thinking about it that way, that that early, because I mean tennis is very mental. Um, I talk about it in class. I've had, um, I mean, I've been playing. Think think about since I'm seven years old till 17, I got hurt, um, and then I I came back and played again. But I can only remember two, like one or two matches that were perfect, right? So you, you have it in your head that everything has to go 
so perfect. And if, if something went off, I would go cra crazy on the court. And I beat myself. Uh, even if I have a better serve, my serve was 155 miles per hour at 15. Um, better forehand, better volleys. I've been doing it my whole life. Um, the mindset would keep me back. So if I, if I started losing, it was always because I was beating myself. So just like that understanding um, of everything kind of just like sparked something and it, it was just like a buildup from yeah. there. So but around the age of 17, you came to the realization that that tennis career that you had been aiming for was not possible. Uh, well, so I came back from that, yeah. and then at 19 again, I got hurt. I have to, uh, oh, you got hurt again? Uh, yeah, I have internal bleeding in the right wrist and bruising of the bone, which took longer to heal than if it was broken. And that wasn't from overplaying. I just fell. So, <laughs> so then that happened, and then I, and then I was like, because um, at the time, I, I went back to, it's like all over the place, uh, back to Florida, to IMG, to Balateri, to teach there. So I was teaching with Nick Balateri um, and, his, and his team of coaches. And, and that's where I hurt my wrist. And, um, and right before I did that, I was playing with like Kenny Shikori and hitting with all the pros that were coming to the academy and, and building back up. But, um, but then you lose your sponsors. You lose, like I had a scholarship to uh, FAU, it's my, where I went to college. And uh, I couldn't play, so the coach kind of like took that away too. It, it was just like a whole mess of things. Um, and then I had to kind of figure out what to do next. You talk about identity. You talked about it yesterday. My identity was I was a tennis player, right? And nothing else mattered. And, um, and I loved it. I wouldn't go out. I wouldn't go uh, to parties with my friends. I would, I'm like, I have to train. Like my sister would have friends over and I'd be running on the treadmill. And they're like, what's wrong with your brother? <laughs> Um, so I had to kind of come to terms with what I wanted to do. So I, I uh, got scouted to model. I uh, moved to New York. And I was coaching um, still tennis. And I, was, uh, I, started, I had started teaching spin and, and boot camps at Crunch in Miami. So I just like switched over to New York. But I didn't want to be a coach fully. I loved it. And it gave me so much fulfillment to like have so many people thank you for so many different things that you have changed in their lives that you have no idea that you were able to touch that aspect of their lives. Um, so it was so fulfilling, um, but I wanted to be number one athlete and like the star kind of and not the, the coach. And you kind of saw that as like a, a negative thing. Uh, meanwhile, I realized this later, I have Nick Balateri who has outlasted uh, generations of number one tennis players that he that he's coached, um, and he built a, a giant, like, incredible academy. You should go see it if you ever go. And I'd you love meet, to. You should meet Nick Balter. I will. Um, Please introduce a, me. I will. Out of a tomato field, um, and it's like an incredible energy there. It's like the biggest academy in the world, uh, full of kids who want to be pro or. If they don't go pro, they, have, uh, they get scholarships to college, and it's insane. It, there's tennis, there's uh, golf, they're, and like really good. They're, they're top of the game in every, every sport. There's basketball, there's um, soccer, there's everything. It's 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Huge. But, but being a coach, as you say, wasn't your plan. Yeah. And at some point, you know... Well, I had to like, take advantage of all these skills that I worked for my entire life. And, um, and honestly, I just did it because I loved it and it started building. So 
organically because I loved it and it was so authentic that I was teaching things that I have been doing my entire life. So um, what happened was, so at Crunch, they wouldn't sub you out and tell people like, hey, this guy's subbing out, uh, don't go to class at 6 a.m. <laughs> or like, this is the instructor that, you know, that's gonna replace him. So they would show up and I had like at Crunch too, uh, an army of followers. And, um, and it happened really quick, actually. I subbed in Miami a class for this popular instructor one time, and it was last minute, and then all of them started following me around in Miami, and then I had my tennis people that came over too. And then when I moved to New York, the same kind of thing happened. And, um, and so they were like, Akin, you have to um, put it on Facebook or something that you're not gonna be there at 6 a.m. so we don't show up and you're not there. I'm like, okay, okay. Um, so I did that, and then they were like, and then call us Atkins Army. So I was like, okay, I'll call you Atkins Army. And then, um, and then they were like, make clothes and do this. And I'm like, okay, okay, I got, I, mean, I got you. And then it was like, it was a whole buildup of that. And Trey is one of those people that really, I mean, he really gets me and my vision and where I came from. So it just became a network of people helping, helping me out because I was helping them out. And I didn't even think of it that like it could get like to this level. And it was also lucky because at the same time SoulCycle happened. Um, and SoulCycle had already existed five years before they recruited me. Uh, and I wa wasn't ready to go before then because I didn't want to make it everything and they expected you to like be on call and what, do whatever they ask. And um, so it was lucky that that changed because SoulCycle really changed the way um, instructors are seen and valued. Uh, at Crunch, I made, I'll tell you guys what I made. I made $55 a class to start, and by the end of the eight to 10 years I was there, I was making 65 a class. Wow. Um, so it was never about that. Um, and then SoulCycle really was like, okay, let's, like Melanie said, like, two let's out of them. 200 people that apply for that job get it, right? And they train you and they develop you. It's, that's how it is now. Yeah. Um, but when I started, it was five years ago. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a little different, but they really took care, like, took care of the instructors, especially the ones that were like uh, performing above and beyond. Right. Um, and like I said, I'm like, when I do something, I do it fully. So when I decided to make uh, teaching a full time thing, I was te I'm teaching still now. I teach 30, 34 classes a week. So this is um, easy what you've been doing here. Yeah, and everyone's like, how do you do it? I'm like, I've been doing it my whole life. <laughs> so, uh, and, I, and then at SoulCycle, I ride through the whole thing, and then I also go train on my own. And yeah. so. so back to this idea of the champion's mindset. There's, there's several parts of it that I want to break down with you. Because first, first thing is, you can have a plan in life. Mm-hmm like you did, and it doesn't work out. What does a champion do in that situation? So what I like to say is, um, for me, my back injury wasn't a failure. Like me not becoming a tennis player was not a failure. It was a stepping stone to this new life that I created using those skills. Uh, so if you see, see it like, if you, if you see it as a failure, then that's where your head goes, it's a negative thought, and you're like, why is this happening to me? Uh, where you should be thinking, this is happening for me. So now that I have this knowledge of what you can do to recover from an injury, and I'm more in tune with my body, I can teach that and I can answer your questions of, hey, I can, like, uh, my knee hurts. Like, it's probably lactic acid buildup. Have you been doing more? 
you know? So like just little questions that you're able to answer and make people feel safe uh, in your classes and in that environment. Um, so if you look at a tennis player, um, they train their whole lives. So what differentiates them is their mindset. So um, like if you think Roger is just like oh, Roger Federer. Roger Federer. Yeah. We're <laughs> not like, on a first name sorry. basis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not either. I just call <laughs> <Okay>. him Roger. <laughs> so or Maria. Uh -huh. um, they've just and they've been able to tap into that early on, uh, like Patrick, right? So uh, they've been able to mature mentally so early on that they they see. Uh, these failures, not as a failure, but okay, there's a lesson. What can I learn from this and what can I apply it to the next thing that I'm going to do? So it's just going to keep building. So if I play you uh, and your backhand is weaker. Uh, I'm sure my backhand is definitely weaker. <laughs> mostly, most people's backhands are weaker. So, uh, so then I like, oh, okay, you mean then, then my forehand? <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. yeah. Whoops. Not than me. So, uh, I thought than you. I'm like, well, no, definitely no. right. So uh, I'd like, play that and if, if let's say your backhand got so much better, I have to change my strategy. So it's about being flexible with your approach to things. And like Strauss was saying, it's, um, it's basically like it doesn't have, have to happen all at once. Uh, you don't have to win. It doesn't have to be the perfect match. Like I was saying earlier, the, the one perfect match that I remember. Like, there could have been way more if I, didn't, if I didn't have to be so perfect and like it had to go exactly how I wanted it to go. Uh, and then I would have so many more great experiences and it would be way more fulfilling and I wouldn't be so hard on myself there. So it's like, a, it's a whole mental maturity that you have to go through and understand that everything is kind of happening for you and you can build on like you can learn from everything. Yeah, you just have a, to try. That can be a breakthrough. Yeah, it's a breakthrough. And the, the whole um, intention part of it, like find what you want. Uh, most people know what they want. They just, uh, they've already planned it out in their minds of how to get there. They're like, oh, I want to have a candle uh, business. This is one of my people uh, that comes to my class. He's like, I, I, I love candles. I love crystals. And, uh, and like, I love uh, Reiki, so, uh, one of my clients. And I was like, so why are you trying to be uh, in finance? <laughs> like, you love this stuff. So like, you want to build, build a candle business? She's like, well, yeah. I'm like, and you can put crystals in the candles and you can like put this on it and you can have a mantra. And like, so we talk about, it's not just like, uh, Athletic training, it's so much more than that once you kind of get into it. So, uh, so I'm like, do that. And now she did it. And now she has a candle business. And she like sold out uh, like of her candle. So it's like, it's these things that people don't, they're too afraid to take the steps to do. Yeah. And you're so caught up with how things are supposed to be, like you guys have been talking about, that you start, stop thinking outside the box. Uh, and you should always go and follow your heart because if, if you're passionate about what you're doing, it draws the right kind of people that you want to touch or that you speak to and then they can go and do everything they want to do because they're inspired because of what you did and, uh, and the work you put into it. It's not just that I'm saying these things, I'm doing it. Like I'm teaching the class and doing the class 35 times a week. Uh, and then, so then I, like that's how I do it now and it's became it's become such a, uh, 
fulfilling job. It's not a job. Like I love waking up. I wake up at uh, 5 a.m. every every morning. I have a 6 a.m., 7 a.m. You're lazy class. now. Now you're working <laughs> up at 5? I know. <laughs> so 6 a.m., 7 a.m., and then I get a little break. 9.30, 10.30, I teach, and then I get again at 12.30, and then I get a little break. I'll go lift uh, with my brother. I've uh, seen who, that on Instagram. Yeah, who I got, I got him into it, too. Yeah. So he's an instructor at SoulCycle now, too. And then my sister, I'm trying to make her teach boot camp. She's a tennis player as well. Um, so, and then I teach again at 6.30, 7.30, and then I pass wow. out. <laughs> but, uh, but I live it every day, and I love it, and, I, and I'm doing what I love, and it's built into something more. And it didn't happen overnight, and a lot of people think that it's like, oh, my God, you're... You know, I want to be, do what you're doing and it's going to happen right away. I'm going to go apply to SoulCycle. And I've been teaching for 15 years and I've been training for 25 years. Your whole life, yeah. basically. So. There's so many things that you've said that I think are applicable to all of us as individuals, but also as leaders of businesses. Um, and just to recap really quickly, so the champion's mindset is about A, like, everything's not going to be perfect, yeah. right? Like, so, you know, sometimes even at our company, we're always, all, you know, we're always driving for perfection. It depends and what your definition yeah, of it is. Yeah, but like if you, if you get 80%, right, that's still really good, right? Yeah, and next time you'll do the nice. Yeah, next time you'll be better. And the second thing is learn from your failures um, because those are opportunities to really... See them as lessons. Yeah. So it's about changing that mindset. So even like in a room like this where everyone is successful, everyone kind of did the same thing to get to where they are. They had an intention, they uh, have a purpose, they're passionate about it, and they took action, yeah. right? So uh, what's missing for a lot of people is they see that and they think they're gonna do it and because they wanna do it because they wanna make the money that They want make. the end. Yeah, they want the end of what happens, but they don't wanna put in all the work. So same thing with my, with classes. Like I'll I'll say the same thing over and over again. I'm like, if you if it's your first time, like don't try to do all the moves. The advanced moves are for the people who've been coming for a long time. Uh, build up, like Strauss was saying, slowly build up. And f at first, sit down, keep the pace. Uh, and then as that builds on a bike, then then you stand up and keep the pace. And you're more aware of your body and of mu what muscles are uh, targeted or uh, firing up. And then out of the saddle, you build endurance. And then once you build that endurance, you start to be able to do little movements that make sense because now you have control of your body and how you're supposed to hold your spine and your, your glutes. So then, so then you start to do the moves and then and all of a sudden, in, uh, uh, like without even noticing, because time flies by, you're doing all these crazy moves that you thought were like, oh, that guy's crazy. He's yeah. asking me to do what? Yeah. <laughs> Cross? No. Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, so it's a buildup of things and, and there's so much more fulfillment once you, you built it. Yeah. Because you guys already have the formula to success, but you have, you've done it to one thing and you can do that with anything that you wanna do. You just have to be open to it. And the more you do it, the more of a habit it becomes, the more of a ritual it becomes, the more you start to get everything you've wanted. So we're, all, we're out of time, but I, I wanted to ask one last question, which, which is um, Akin's Army, which is kind of amazing. Like, what, what does the future hold for Akin's Army? I mean, it's, uh, I like to say it's limitless. It's like... It's uh, limitless. Limitless. I mean, it can be anything. It, um, so I'm going to leave it at that.
Thanks for listening to the Business of Fashion podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating and subscribe today. Don't forget to visit businessoffashion.com to learn more about BOF and everything that we do. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.